0: Back, fellow defenders, to a very special Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries where we're discussing feedback
1: on Loki episode one glorious purpose. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Bonjourno, fellow defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. And being
2: my very weird variant self, I am Chris.
0: Welcome back, guys. Yes, third podcast of the week. We talked about Loki episode one. Uh, luckily, we had access to the first episode in advance of it airing on Disney+, Plus, which meant we couldn't, unfortunately, discuss our wonderful fellow defenders' feedback. But we got tons in, so I didn't want to wait until uh, we recorded episode two to uh, discuss your wonderful feedback. We decided we'd
1: do an episode uh, just with your feedback. Yes, great stuff. Getting all the feedback in from our fellow Defenders. Mm -hmm. Yes, and of course, anyone joining our Loki discussion on the Defenders podcast, um, remember you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. You can send in your feedback by email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And of course, you can send in your dulcet voicemail tones uh, by going to tvpodcastindustries.com and clicking on the tab on the right-hand side Mm. of the screen and leaving up to 90 seconds of your glorious thoughts, of course.
2: You can also grab random carrier pigeons, attach a small <laughs> message, and on the off chance it is flying over the skies of Ireland, we may be able to grab it in time. Yeah. Not going to say that's 100% definite, but you never know why not. Sure, Just go
0: Derek, John and Chris, TV Podcast Industries, Dublin. Somebody will find us, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure.
2: We're a small place.
0: So I did say very special episode. The reason for this is because we will be recording the rest of our Loki episodes after the shows have aired. So we'll be able to pick up your feedback uh, on those episodes. We have seen episode two, but we will not be spoiling it on this podcast. This is purely about episode one. Uh, But from next week onwards, hopefully you'll be getting your feedback in on time uh, because we'll have the ability to get it in uh, after the episode's aired. So uh, let's get on to our discussion about the feedback on Lucky episode one. Seems to have gone down pretty well with uh, all of our fellow defenders.
2: I think it did. But do you know what? Do you know who it definitely went down well with? The person who sent us our first bit of feedback the one and only Victor Sellers, who sent us this email. Hail Derek, Chris, and John, and all other fellow Defenders. It was very interesting to find Loki completely out of his element. Miss Minute reminds me of Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Owen Wilson's Mobius was nice foil to Loki. What, the TVA using film and videotape? I loved one me, Mosaku, ...from Love Cat Country as Hunter B-15. Mm -hmm. I hope she and Loki will spar more in future episodes. I also enjoyed the D.B. Cooper tie-in. What did he plan to do with the cash? (laughs) Loki's behavior always reminds me of the fable of the scorpion and the fox crossing the river. It's in his nature. Mm -hmm. Is it possible the hooded figure surrounded by fire in the Oklahoma field could be a certain demon we have discussed in the past perhaps trying to frame loki as always enjoying your podcast excelsior victor van doom <laughs> thank you victor for the feedback um okay i'm going to go bottom up okay yes it could be everything that like the clock itself could be mephisto
0: well interestingly there was a, uh, a discussion with the showrunner and director for uh, for Loki after the episode came out and they have confirmed Mephisto absolutely 100% does not appear in this series um, <laughs> they, they have said definitely really sorry about that, hadn't realised when they put that in that there had been so much discussion obviously about WandaVision but the show was filmed before WandaVision was filmed back in 2019 so uh, hadn't realised <laughs> that there would be this much reaction to one panel on screen uh, it- and the possibility of Mephisto but they have said categorically not in there, which means there's probably a 50-50 chance that Mephisto's in the show.
1: Yes, it's going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's a stained glass snafu. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Then moving on, uh, just in terms of the sparring between Loki and Hunter B-15, it's bound to happen. They Absolutely. are a foil. They are paper and oil. They will never settle together. <laughs> um, and yeah, Owen Wilson's Mobius is great. Uh, Miss minute is fantastic as well. Uh,
0: just one other question from from Victor. Uh, Victor was saying there about the DB Cooper tie-in and what uh, what Loki wants to do with the cash. I presume he's bringing it back as uh, proof that he carried out the bet uh, from Thor and Heimdall. Uh, that that's the reason he's bringing the cash back because he's going, look what I I did do the uh, the bet that you made me do effectively.
1: Although so. I uh, just assumed he lost it all when he was uh, took by the the Bifrost, maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. Because it was all fluttering uh, down to, to the ground. So, But maybe he didn't lose all of it, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Victor, for, for the feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on email, Chris Lockwood said, Hi, guys. Love the podcast. One thought on the Loki premiere. Isn't the line about time working differently at the TVA the same line about the quantum universe used at some point in Ant-Man? Thus... Is the TVA located in the quantum realm? Best regards, Chris Lockwood. Ooh, I Ooh. that. Yes, that is a juicy one, Chris. That is a very, very juicy one. I like that idea a lot because I I guess with timey-wimey, uh, spacey wacey and all that kind of stuff <laughs> being, you know, lines, deviant lines, Is it um, Back to the Future type timey-wimey stuff, which I know it isn't, but I just thought I'd throw that in. (laughs) Um, But it's having it in some kind of encapsulated um, quantum realm or universe, Mm -hmm. it could be a nice little way of doing... you know, allowing the TVA to do all their time trickery and time jumping for sure. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, we do
0: keep talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What we keep forgetting is uh, Ant Man and the Wasp are in Quantum Mania uh, coming up in their third movie for Ant Man. Uh, so uh, maybe this is a connection to Quantum Mania.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. I, I, do think this because in the comic books, the TVA existed outside of time and space. Yeah. They in their own pocket bubble dimension and yeah. um, where time, time did not flow forward or backwards. It just was time. Um, so I believe they'll do something very similar with this in terms of quantum realm and the, the overall just. Yeah, timey wimey, spacey wacy is quite different.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got lots of questions. That obviously the first episode being uh, so heavy on exposition and so heavy, uh, heavily introducing this
2: new universe
0: with lots of time travel. Uh, we got a, a piece of feedback over on Twitter from Musical Concepts, uh, Matt Murdock, who says, "Hey, TV Podcast Industries, I was listening to your podcast, and the question of is the Multiverse of Madness the original Divergence? I'd have to say no. The TVA was not in existence until after the original Divergence, so they would not be in existence to fight the." original diversions. If you look at neutrinos, we thought for the long time they might be massless and therefore timeless, because the only thing moving faster than light must be massless. But we found that they change flavours, which means they experience time and are not massless. Think of time before the TVA and after TVA as a flavour change. Therefore, while time does work differently at the TVA, they do still experience time, just like the neutrinos, and thus they cannot experience or prevent. The original divergence. Interesting point, Matt. Uh, my mind is a little bit blown, um, uh, cause I'm not too sure whether I'm, I'm a hundred percent clear. I think the, the point that I was, I was kind of making was we haven't seen a multiverse at all on the screen. And of course, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness hasn't come out as a movie. So we, we don't know really what way they're going to deal with the multiverse in marvel at all um so i was just questioning i was just wondering whether maybe dr strange is transported to this event this multiverse that they're talking about that the tva is talking about uh potentially he is transported there rather than it happening in the future rather than uh, this being the second uh multiverse or multiple diversions from the main timeline maybe it is just the one they're talking about here and dr strange gets to experience it in his movie coming up. Maybe that's it. But uh, but I really don't know. We're we're way too early in Loki and uh, haven't seen Doctor Strange the Multiverse 1st set, so I don't know how it's gonna be handled.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it I think it's actually really interesting sort of line of thought. And I had always just in my mind when they were going through the exposition around the TVA and so on, it just felt that the TVA was set up because of it and the it was the timekeepers that would have um corrected that and that divergence um and and all the the chaotic variants that had been created from it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't thinking it was linked to the TVA, but it, it was just like the, the timekeepers then established the TVA to deal with it quicker. Um so That's how I thought it was, I guess, so allowing the possibility that the divergence they're talking about is the multiverse of madness. But at the same time, it could just be another one because of the power of the Scarlet Witch, something that the TVA can't handle. So it could equally be a new, massive, chaotic divergence that's going to happen.
2: Yep. Uh, The thing to remember is the Scarlet Witch... Is the Nexus, yes, she's uh, the Nexus being. So, this this is the um, and we did have the Nexus discussion Mm -hmm. uh in the WandaVision ad break where it was um, what was it, realign your realities Mm -hmm. uh ad. Um, so the question does become maybe she learns to travel through time. She her first experience of traveling through time drops her back. All the way back at the very first Divergence.
0: Yeah, they're certainly coming up with some big concepts for their Marvel TV shows. Thanks so much for that, uh, Matt. Matt, really good to hear from you.
1: Yeah,
2: thanks. Yes, thank you so much, Matt. And I will just very quickly ask, if you were a flavor of Neutrino, what flavor would you be? Chocolate chip?
1: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I would always be a chocolate covered in a tuna. Definitely. Yeah, I'd I'd be pistachio ice cream. I think then I'd get my um, my, I'd get my dollop of nuts and ice cream uh, together. Nice. Uh, thanks so much for the feedback, there, Matt. Uh, we also got um, a ton of lovely feedback over on Facebook. Mm-hmm. First up is Richard Blaze. Uh, for me, Loki episode one was totally mesmerizing from start to finish. The look. The dialogue, the links to the films were all just perfect. I, for one, cannot wait until next week. In fact, I'm not. I'm off to watch episode one again right now. Excellent. Yeah, great stuff, Richard. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, as we mentioned, it was exposition heavy. But I guess just introducing so many new stuff, it doesn't matter. Because it's the story in and of itself, uh, you know, around the TVA. And just seeing Loki... Being Loki um, uh, is is just great, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, this was really, you know, intrigue and everything with the 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 caped hooded um, figure as well yeah. at the end. So um, yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Richard. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Rich. Uh, we also got some feedback over on Facebook from Heather Wallace, who had this to say: "So interesting, particularly the end twist of." who the TVA is hunting Mm -hmm. is the series based on the Loki agents of Asgard comic series. I love the style of the series with the retro and sci-fi elements. I was worried that Loki leaving the main timeline would undermine his character development and relationships with Thor, but his love of his family is still there and came out as he watched the fall footage. I am looking forward to seeing where this goes. Thanks for that, Heather. Mm -hmm. Um, so they've officially come out and said that this series is not directly based on any comic book series but mm-hmm. they have pulled from multiple. So there is going to be sprinklings of Agent of Asgard. There's going to be sprinklings of the uh, later series. Uh, so there's going to be multiple pulls and I think it's going to be a lot like WandaVision. Mm-hmm. There's definitely elements being pulled from multiple and kind of uh, kind of threads but I don't think it's directly based on one whole thing. Much like Winter Soldier. It wasn't... Winter Soldier was one whole thing. But it was tweaked enough. But if you look at Age of, Age of Ultron... Age of Ultron is a comic book thing. But... It's been pulled from multiple different elements and different storylines altogether.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we found actually during uh, the making of uh, of Wonder we found that what the writers do is submit their story with a basic premise, mm-hmm. and then they have a whole team of people who connect it to storylines in the comic book and shape it so that it does fit some of the things that are in comic books. What, where would this character be, or how would this character work in the comics? And they have they pull from those storylines as an addition to what the writers of the show are trying to get across effectively, rather than you being able to go out and read the comic book. Uh, like some other shows, uh, that, that take the storyline directly from the comic book. It's not like that for, for Marvel, but, uh, but you're right, I really enjoy the idea of, of Loki getting this kind of data jump of this is how your life goes. It's not as glorious as you actually think it is. Um, what are you going to do about it kind of thing? It kind of is a challenge to him to rethink his life effectively. Will he help out the TVA and become a hero and actually do something, fulfill a glorious purpose? Uh, or will he uh, cower in the corner or, or will he try and try and kill everybody in the TVA or whatever the options are effectively? But uh, I really like that kind of getting him up to speed from him being the ma- major villain who was about to sacrifice the Earth back in Avengers. Love that that, that idea.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Heather, uh, for the feedback. Absolutely. Next up, Ronaldo from Into the Night, nice,
0: The Moon Night podcast says, Oh my golly gosh. Look, I have to be honest and say this was probably the show I was least interested in. But after getting past the opening minutes of my awkward mind going, who are these weird looking soldiers in time portals? Oh, this is so cringeworthy. I slowly got drawn into this corner of the MCU, the sets are stunning, and a mad mix of kish and futuristic, and Hiddleston is remarkable and compelling as Loki. The exposition about the TVA in animated form just gave me goosebumps, knowing how it ties to both WandaVision and Doctor Strange with its multiverse association, my brain slowly accepted this mind-blowing concept that the TVA are above even the Infinity Stones, and determining one's own fate, and I love it. Owen Wilson is so good as Mobius. I was critical of him going in, but he succeeds in spades. I'm ready for this ride. It's such a different thing from Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it slots in well with the fantastical side of the MCU. It's so tragic that the time-displaced Loki is tragically bound for pruning, but I'm barracking for Loki unequivocally. Go, Loki. Go on, you good thing. (laughs) <laughs> excellent right uh, so it's like you're really all in uh, for, for the Lucky show yeah it's it's really interesting um, you know the character is so popular how do you turn him into a TV show when he's been around in the, in the movie universe for 12 years and I think they've done a really good job of grabbing a Loki that we're all interested in the one that you see early on and putting him into this brand new environment for the show that's, that's really cool
2: completely agree it, like the the biggest question I had was well the spoiler the character died mm-hmm. i was like what are they gonna do how are they gonna do this like what is that like because i personally loved loki at the end of ragnarok i loved the the arc throughout all the films through dark dark world right. thor dark thor, thor 2 a dark world um, i enjoyed his overall arc and My whole thing was, well, they're just going to, oh, they're bringing up... oh, well, that's, how are they going to make him fun again? Like, I didn't enjoy the the evil Avenger Loki back in the beginning. But yeah, definitely where we are now, I think it's going to be fun. And it set us up for an interesting ride. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, as you say, uh, Ronaldo, the, you know, that link with Doctor Strange and WandaVision, just the way they're doing the timeline and and the deviation from Mm it, it kind of really. Is so close to the ancient one's description uh, as well. Absolutely. Really good. And yeah, the, the way it was animated by Miss Minute, uh, in, in, uh, the TVA and the ex- exposition about it, uh, kind of, uh, as, as Victor said, you know, almost like the dino DNA from, uh, Jurassic Park. I which is really, really good. I can't
0: hear those words without hearing them in a, in a Southern American accent. Just Anno <laughs> DNA.
1: Uh, yeah. Thanks so um, much, Ray. So, yeah, thanks so much, Ray. Uh, Dan Lee says, I feel that this has the strongest first episode of the three Marvel shows, and I'm very much looking forward to the next one. I don't know if it's me clutching at straws, but during the animated TVA info dump the words nexus multiverse and madness were all thrown in together uh, providing some cool connective tissue between wandavision loki and the next doctor strange movie very good, uh, yeah, good spot there dan uh, certainly nexus was uh, flagged as being if it goes past that nexus point then you get uh, madness and chaos mm-hmm. uh, happening uh, as all these different multiverses are are taking effect so i guess there's going to be overtime at the tva for all their different agents (laughs) um so yes uh really looking forward to these connective tissues coming together uh in in the upcoming movies and i guess it will be in more of them because like it's interesting these are pretty big world building concepts being done yeah. uh, th- whether it's from wandavision uh and whether it's been uh with now with Loki and and how it connects to the more um shall I say real world yeah. elements of Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Captain so, America the Winter Soldier. Yeah. But you've just created
0: a great uh question, John. Um if time moves differently in TV in the TVA do they get paid overtime does overtime work differently in the TVA <laughs> I guess not
1: because when they clock in they're immediately clocked out by their manager that's it that's it <laughs> Oh, they're on a flat rate. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dan. Bradley Elise Anderson says,
0: I wanted to share my thoughts uh, before listening to your podcast, see what we all touched on and what we missed. Uh, first up, I love the mix of old school and futuristic bureaucracy at the TVA headquarters. I will say I prefer the take we see for the headquarters of the commission on the Umbrella Academy. I feel they just lean into it more but I do like the explanation for their existence here. In one episode of Loki, I know more about the TVA than I know about the Commission in two seasons of Umbrella Academy. For a while there, I was a little bit afraid that they were going to only show his past to him and slowly spread out the events of the future to him, but no, he got to see some key moments from his future. I like that the way they explain Loki knowing the Avengers time travelled also ties into a callback from Endgame. Love all the theories and easter eggs from WandaVision tri- tying into the multiverse, and Loki comes out in the first five minutes and drops the information on it and the Nexus, and might I even say a possible tongue-in-cheek reference to Mephisto. WandaVision dealt with grief, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier dealt with racial and national is- nationality issues. I wonder what deeper issues Loki will touch on. Coupled with the possible deeper issue and the fact they didn't show the villain 2.0 Loki's face, I'm wondering if it's really him. Other than that, I'm just excited for the show and to hear all your views on it. Oh wait, is it maybe Lady Loki? I don't know much about it as far as the comic books go, but I know in Norse mythology, Loki is gender fluid, so that might be a great twist for the show. Interesting points there, Brandy. Yeah. Um, yeah, very possible. There's definitely, definitely a, a female version of Loki in the comics. Uh, very possible that, that the version of Loki that we see doesn't specifically look like Tom Hiddleston. Um, you, we're just not going to know until we see those future episodes.
2: Yeah. In terms of the, 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 the greater, deeper issue, you're right. One Division was grief. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was responsibility, racial and nationality issues. This one I think is going to be destiny, and yeah. the, the kind of the the, the pre what what you nature versus nurture the what you are determined to do and what you are expected to do, okay, and and how that kind of because Loki's it's his it, it's expected of him to be the bad guy the villain, mm. um in his mind and like he is filled with a greater purpose, yeah. And in yeah. and actual fact, he he isn't his greater purpose is to die. So it's that kind of okay. Well, what is his new greater purpose? What is his what is his destiny? Yeah, yeah. I
0: I do also wonder if they if they'll touch on the mental health of the character of Loki. Remember, he was completely forced into this attack on Earth, and what he says in this episode is effectively that the violence that he visited upon humans was to make them scared in preparation for thanos's arrival effectively so he's saying that i did the things i needed to do to make them scared but he wasn't doing it out of fun he was showing it kind of rewriting what we saw on screen he was saying um i did it and and did it looking like i was having fun because that scares them more and that was my intent effectively so will we see that kind of change to his mental health Will we see will we see him uh, looking at all the things he'd done and, and changing his whole personality, I suppose, in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Chris, I guess. I, I think it's about destiny and fate mm-hmm. and it, that being undermined. Cause I mean, that's the great thing about this episode is when he sees his future that hasn't happened yet. I mean, it is just perfect. And, you know, speaking to what Victor said about, you know, the, the, the scorpion and, and the fox fable, mm. just, you know, when he is flung th- using the te- Tesseract to Mongolia, he gets up and he's got his pre-prepared speech. So yeah. it's him dealing with the, um I, I guess, the disappointment, but also maybe finding a new path for, for his destiny mm, uh, I and mean, working things out. I mean, this is really different for, for Loki from the movies in terms of the you know, where he's at. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see Loki's journey here, uh, or indeed the multiple Lokis, given that Mobius is chasing another variant of of Loki. Yeah. So that will be really good to see. And also, to your point, and I think Ronaldo mentioned it as well, that the old and futuristic elements, I just absolutely love here it's just straight out of my sci-fi kind of book really yeah. just realized it. owen wilson's character mobius says to loki
0: um the reason why he doesn't know the tva is because he always sticks to the path he doesn't make any uh, any choices effectively all the choices that he's made are exactly what's planned for him um but we know there's at least one more loki out there now so that was a lie from mobius loki has probably multiple times stepped off The sacred timeline, uh, and they've cut him out of uh, of the world and left a Loki there that sticks to the sacred timeline. Um, Just realised when you're when you were talking that that might be a might be something they'll explore. Maybe we'll have a thousand Lokis uh, in a future episode, (laughs) all all uh, who've been cut out of the original timeline. You never know.
2: Thank you so much, Brandy. Next up, we have some feedback from Donald Dennis, who said, "My big question is about the one sacred timeline stuff." Is it sacred because it's a specific timeline or because it's the one timeline? Because if the issue is keeping timelines down to a manageable number, so everything doesn't collapse, but they don't care about the outcome, that's one institution. But if it is, this is the one true timeline we have to maintain. This is a completely different kind of institution entirely. I expect that the murder Loki is the future self of the Loki we have as a prospective character. Maybe. That's definitely one way. Um, Donald went on to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the devil in the stained glass and the nightmare department were just trolling the over-speculators about WandaVision. But if not, the devil has horns, and at least one Loki outfit has
1: horns too. Absolutely, Yep, Thank like you well so known much, for Donald. Some, yeah, 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 thanks, Donald. Uh, I certainly class myself as an over-speculator <laughs> when it comes to on Division. Yeah, um, but the
0: show was made in 2019. Like yeah, it, it exactly. It was all, all closed off. A really interesting one this week where they were talking about that as well, um, where the, the showrunner, the writer, sorry, the head writer for the show had written everything in the show um, and then everything fell apart with Scott Derrickson um, and uh, the writers for uh, Doctor Strange... He was called upon to jump over there and write uh, Doctor Strange, so he never got to the set of Loki. It was all filmed um, without him on set. which oh, wow! Which normally okay. you'd have the head writer down there. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, on, on to your question, Donald, uh, regarding the one sacred timeline. It seems in the show, the TVA are set up to protect one timeline, and the bit we were talking about on on the first episode podcast was we don't really know with 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 one person controlling a timeline. Is it for their benefit? There's three people here who are aliens and they're deciding on the timeline that has to be preserved for everybody. And that I think is probably going to be the villainous side of the TVA. I personally, that's my, I suppose that's my uh, idea from what we saw in episode one. I think I'm not too sure whether you guys subscribe to that. Um, it kind of feels like that Umbrella Academy idea as well, where they were controlling a timeline that benefited them. Uh, in the Umbrella Academy and you realise actually that's not necessarily the one true pure timeline that you should be protecting. Um It's about it benefiting the people that are controlling it effectively.
2: Agreed. I, th- I think that's kind of, mm-hmm. that is one view on it. And I think the, the beyond that we also see that this is potentially the one timeline where Tony Stark won. Where Thanos was defeated. Where things continued on. So there are, there are multiple there's gonna be multiple aspects to what what is deemed the one the one that like dr. strange points his finger at the one that benefits the TVA the one that, that the space lizards themselves are high high above exactly but we'll exactly. see that's a, it will all come out in the wash or another five episodes
1: Definitely. yeah and I mean ultimately this one sacred timeline has got like significantly wide confidence intervals around the line because there's plenty of choice within that sacred timeline and now they just say in this episode well that's what the avengers were supposed to do Mm -hmm. but i mean still that's when you consider that Dr. Strange said there were 14 million and one potential outcomes, this is the only one that um means Thanos is defeated yep. where he hands over the time stone. But nonetheless, it, I mean, for the average punter who can't sit there and meditate with a time stone and, and you know, the quick head moving around, um, then I guess the... There's choice within the sacred timeline, I guess, hmm. for various outcomes that still maintain the sacred timeline. Well, yeah, you have to make sure that it sticks to the timeline, or at least that's what they're telling us. Yeah. Uh, we still don't know too much about the TBA. Uh, thanks so much for that, Donald. Yeah, thanks so much, Donald, uh, for the feedback. Next up, uh, Salim Kisler says... Great to be back watching another m c u show listening to you all again the t v a creeps me out as well. <laughs> I could understand preventing variants to preserve the timeline as is, but the bit about things that are supposed to happen bugs me, mm-hmm. looking forward to the rest of the season. yeah, absolutely. I think a bit to you know to donald 's point as well slim it's you know there's two different kind of organizations that are are simply. You know, one managing um, variance, uh, and, and another one saying something is supposed to happen exactly. for sure. Exactly, yeah. uh,
0: David, Mister Writer says so. We lost Tony Stark and, and Natasha for what? For some Infinity Stones that are essentially paperweights to these guys. They couldn't have used some more paperweights and taken them from Thanos. That's an interesting one, and I know, I know there's been a lot of discussions about this. This seems like the um, the controversial. Idea from the TVA. How powerful are they really? So what it seems like is once they take someone out of the timeline, whatever they, whatever they're holding, like for example, here we have Loki with the Tesseract, him holding the Tesseract. Once it's taken out of the timeline, that's no longer the working Tesseract effectively. There is already a, 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 a working Tesseract in the main timeline. We know that from Endgame because they found it and used it. But once it's taken out, does it work again? So I am wondering, will we see Loki completely unable to use the Tesseract if he takes it with him outside of the TVA when he's on these investigations with them. Will he take it with them and try and use it? But it's definitely not working within the TVA at all. No.
1: And it gives a, you know, it, it, it supports the idea that this, the TVA, this whole um, institution could be in the quantum realm by the very fact of Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, um, being in the quantum realm when all the the blip happened, yeah. and effectively being shielded from that, and um, so yeah, it, yeah, it's really interesting. And and also, we don't know much about what the TVA can and can't
0: do, but the way they're describing it is, they can only remove, they will only remove something from the timeline that affects what's supposed to happen. Exactly as as Salim says, what's supposed to happen is Thanos is supposed to get his hands on the on the stones click his fingers, do all of that. The Avengers are supposed to save the, the galaxy by getting the stones and bringing them back. So all of that stuff is supposed to happen. So the TVA, if we're to believe what they're saying, couldn't just walk in and take the stones out of the universe, effectively. So uh, so it's an interesting one, and I think it's going to be the controversial question for a little while until everybody gets their heads around who the TVA are, I
2: think. So the one thing just very quickly to note is the Infinity Stones themselves, this has kind of been from the comic books, the Infinity Stones themselves only work in the universe that they were created in, mm. because they are fundamentally parts of the create from the creation of the universe. Mm. They are the, the the fundamental breaking points of that multiverse, that universe. So taking one, taking the Infinity Gauntlet full of all the stones from one universe to a different multiverse. Mm-hmm. that won't work there because it's not the powers from that universe yeah comic books ladies and gentlemen there exactly. you go
0: <laughs> and suddenly i can hear the questions about well, what about captain america going to a different universe with with yeah. peggy carter uh how does that work if he was carrying the infinity stones yeah loads 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 of questions but i'm sure They've done a great job in this first episode of giving us loads of information, but we don't have enough uh, about the TVA right now. Uh, But really interesting, David. Uh, Next up, Dr. Bob Phillips says, I never quite know what to expect, not being a comic book reader or particularly heavily immersed in the Marvel Universe. Those Legends clip shows are always extremely useful for me. But this episode was a blast. The God of Mischief, Creation of Chaos, in all its fun and fear... Might get to play hero and villain at the same time. And what a way to exploit a loophole and make a whole TV show out of it. Delightful. Also, was there a cheeky Doctor Who reference when they called Loki a time villain with a blue box? Meaning the Tesseract? Really like that, Bob. That is, yeah, <laughs> I like that too. Um, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Like there, there is a, a member of the cast that's, uh, that's from Doctor Who, uh, yep. Bathroom, yep. She was in Doctor Who for, for a good season and for a number of episodes at least. So I'm sure they know all about the expectations of a time traveling, uh, character. So, uh, Doctor Who's been going for a very long time. So very likely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. Um, Michael Booth says, Ooh, this was great. The TVA is full of atmosphere with the future retro vibe of the place. Is it just a coincidence that the logo upside down reads Val? Or am I just reading into things too much after Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
0: I love it, Michael. That's hilarious. (laughs) I can see you upside down on your couch. uh, Try to to see, is is Val in here somewhere? Where is he? Love it. (laughs) Love it. I think the Marvel Universe might be breaking our brains trying to find all the Easter eggs that they're uh, putting in these shows. I think so. I think so.
1: (laughs) I, I guess the... You know, the, the storyboarding of this with so many, um, sort of branches off. I guess that must be like, they must have an entire studio where they're just working along a, a, some gigantic wall to make sure that everything is has the continuity is consistent i I guess that must be a work of art wherever that is housed Uh, maybe feige has a massive underground warehouse a bit like indiana jones where he's just got yeah, and he has the only key, so only mm. he has the 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 power. He is kind of like a timekeeper, but maybe yeah. a marvel keeper, I yeah. guess.
0: Do you know what yeah. it looked like? It looked like the World Tree from Thor. remember that one that they showed, all the universes connected and all the timelines connected. It'll just go back to Thor.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And
2: Me? do you know what? Only he knows where Mephisto is. Exactly, he knows, <laughs> and Mephisto is coming too.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Thank you so much, Michael. We also had some feedback from Tony Thomas who said so many good discussion points already in these comments but I want to call out the music. The haunting string melody is brilliant. It's tense, beautiful and mysterious. Can't wait for episode two. Thank you so much, Tony. As of recording, I was checking this out on Twitter while we were recording and I could see the eyes from Derek thinking I just wasn't paying attention. But they are... Uh, releasing ep- the the soundtrack from episodes one, two, and three, uh, later this week, uh, across all the usual channels, and then later on they'll release four, five, six soundtrack, uh, as well.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh, Natalie Holt, uh, who's the the composer for the series, uh, they announced they released their first single today, which is the eleventh of June, and then yeah, in a be- about a week or two's time, they're coming out with the uh, the first half of the music for the show. It's really good,
1: isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. It's really interesting because, um, it's kind of, it's, it's been indicated that, you know, there's a loose inspiration from a clockwork orange, which makes sense. But I I know there are some elements of it, uh, reminded me very strongly of, um, one of my other favorite sci-fi shows, which is Gattaca. Oh film, I should say, which is Gassica, uh, which has that kind of futuristic uh, retro vibe uh, as well. So, mm. um, yeah, really interesting. There's it's some the theremin, great moments. It's the theremin in there. It always makes it sound really sci-fi, doesn't it?
2: We'll quickly connect two defenders here. Tony Thomas, you should cha- chat to at Musical Concept over on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Murdoch, again, another big uh, soundtrack score discusser. Um, loves breaking it down Uh, I suppose you two will have a great conversation regarding the melody. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely
0: love the music that's, that's being done for the show. Thanks so much for that, Tony. Uh, Lara Willie Swink says, I really enjoyed this setup episode. More engaging than the first WandaVision episode, which I did not really enjoy, but ended up truly appreciating the series as a whole. I've always loved Loki, especially pre-reformed Loki, so I knew I'd enjoy Tom's antics, but really adoring Owen Wilson's Mobius as well. This is hopefully going to be a great odd couple bromance in this series. I did find the TVA to be very similar to the commission in umbrella academy especially miss minutes animated or- orientation being so similar to diego's orientation in the commission but as a teen titans fan i was quite happy to hear tara strong's very familiar voice as miss minutes thanks so much lara and that's a really good uh correction corner for us lara for some reason i think i said it was tara reed's voice uh That uh, was the voice of Miss Menace last week. I know it isn't because uh, Tara Strong is the voice actor that's around all the time. But I think I was watching uh, American Pie reunion or at least 10 minutes of it uh, a couple of days beforehand and wrote it down wrongly in my notes and didn't correct myself. So I'm sorry about that. But uh, yes, great to hear Tara Strong uh, in the show.
2: Yes, thank you so much. And I must apologize, too, because I used the same term. I basically just went on what Derek had said. So therefore, it is still his fault. But I must apologize
1: too. That's the same, same as me as well. I, I just followed Derek's, uh, um, I, without a, a second thought, um, because I was like, oh, I know who Tara Reed is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I must say, really liking, um, Owen Wilson's Mobius as well. Um, you know, I, I I've enjoyed some of his movies, but it was just, it was something there in my mind about, um, how he would fit and whether I would enjoy it, even if he, he did fit, you know? Um, but I, I'm really liking his middle management style, um, here, uh, and playing off the, the ego of, uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki. So really, really good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Owen Owen Wilson is just one of those odd kind of actors. He's done so much. He's done like, you know, the Royal Tannenbaums, which I really didn't like. He's done, uh, Wedding Crashers, which is, Awful. Um, he was lightning McQueen in, in Pixar movies So like the, he's, he's great in that, but he's got such a really wide ranging body of work, but you tend to just think of him as the goofy comedian kind of sidekick in Zoolander and Zoolander and that kind of stuff, which I did like. Um, but here he's playing something really different. He's playing a really different role and it's working really well for him. I must say I'm really liking him.
2: Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I think I called this end of the podcast was not a, a fan was not expecting this his performance to be fantastic, and it was, and it has been. So, yeah, mm, hat tip to Mr. Wilson himself.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Lara. Yes,
2: thank you so much, Lara. Gentlemen, it's time we move on over to our voicemail section, where we get to hear the dulcet tones of our fellow Defenders. You too can get your dulcet tones on these podcasting airways by sending your voicemail to feedback at tv podcast industries first up i do believe it's the one and only steve brown
3: hey guys it's steve and uh this is for loki the the first episode i don't know if there's a title yet because i just watched it but uh well (laughs) i don't know i'm uh definitely i'm in um and uh loved owen wilson um i don't know what the the what they did to his face though I don't know if that's on I'm assuming it's on purpose like the the stuff they did the bridge of his nose and whatever I'm not sure what's going on there but uh um it's definitely gonna take multiple watches I can't wait to hear you guys break it down I already saw that it's in my uh my my podcast player so obviously you guys got a early screener or something I guess and put it out but uh uh so I'm I'm uh, I'm you know, I can't wait to listen to to that one and to hear the rest of the, the the series. The next six episodes, five episodes, I guess it's six total. And uh, but yeah, just a couple of quick initial thoughts. Um, that <laughs> I'm going to say it on, on panels to pixels as well. But uh, that that opening. Uh, scene before you know the cold open there is about 12 minutes long and that whole processing scene is just hilarious to me uh where he's going through the different stages and uh so I'll get, probably do specifics when I do my podcast but uh yeah that and uh just the the reveal by Owen Wilson that the variant he's hunting is Loki which is interesting because that means that's another timeline Loki uh, I guess so uh yeah um this one's going to be good thank you
2: Very much, Mr. Brown, and thank you for Disney. Yes, we did get it a couple of uh, days early, so we were able to record and have it out and ready for you, our fellow Defenders. We also got to see Episode 2, but in order to get all those MCU goody details, we need to watch it one more time, so we'll only actually be recording late on wednesday night for episode two so you know what it means it'll be out a bit later in the week yeah. going forward
1: yep. yes and of course steve that nose is the real mccoy and mm-hmm. um, so the genuine article um so yes uh do you know what i think it must be it's just a 4k um stream absolutely that's coming,
0: from, coming from disney plus i probably haven't seen uh owen wilson in a in a massive movie in years but
1: yep that's uh that's the real owen wilson Yeah. And yeah, the multiple Loki's, um, or at least the the other one so far, is um, really really intriguing. It's very yes, interesting. yeah, yes. Yeah, looking forward to hearing your f- your further thoughts on the
0: uh, series as we go, Steve.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Steve. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fellow defenders. You can email us through all your feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries dot Don't forget, you can also join our page over on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Industries. We
0: also need to thank you. Absolutely. We really appreciate all of you uh, for joining us and sending in your feedback and your thoughts. As I said, this is a special episode. We won't be doing another feedback-only episode uh, for the rest of the series because we should be able to capture all your feedback, hopefully, uh, as the episodes go on. We'll be back next week with Loki Episode 2 and we'll be continuing our Star Wars Bad Batch coverage every week from now on. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast.
1: Yes, thanks so much, fellow defenders, and thanks for all your thoughts. Really great stuff. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep, keep defending. defending. Bye. Bye.